Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hey, Brittany. Hi, Connor. So our listeners may know we actually record these episodes kind of a couple weeks in advance. So when you and I are talking right now, it is election day. In fact, rather than glued being glued to the news, you and I are actually working on some you know, fun podcast. We're probably more sane for it too. Exactly. (laughs) But the time when this is coming out for the listeners, it's been about a week and a half uh, since the election results came out. And so even uh, the today that you guys are all listening, some of the results are taking a while to trickle in because the voting by mail is taking a while. But probably by the time you're listening, there's a, you know, a decision already been made. Everyone kind of knows. So it's kind of funny. You and I don't yet know, but the people listening since they're kind of fast forward a couple of I know that they know. know the future, kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. So we wanted to talk today about the Electoral College because for the past few weeks leading up to the election, there's been all these people sharing maps mm-hmm. of the country and, and they're all like red and blue, right? We think that this is going to be red and this is going to blue, be blue. And, and why does that matter, right? And so what young listeners may not know about in our system, we, we've talked about some of the constitutional amendments, you know, First Amendment, free speech, Second Amendment, guns, self-defense. We've kind of talked about the Constitution. We've talked about the presidency, right, the executive branch. We've talked about the Supreme Court, the judiciary, Congress. And so we've been, in the past, we've talked about different parts of the government, but we've never talked about this kind of mysterious thing, this organization, if you will, this process that exists called the Electoral College. And so you know, if you, if your family's ever, for example, had to vote on what to have for dinner or what movie to watch, you know, usually it's whoever has the most votes is going to win. It's, it's a majority rule. And in the presidential election, that's just called, you know, the popular vote, right? And so in, in a lot of elections, it, it is the popular vote by which someone wins, right? Think of Congress. If you've got, you know, three people running for the same seat in Congress, one of them is a Democrat, one of them is a Republican, maybe the other one is a Libertarian or whatever, whoever gets the most votes wins. It's just kind of the popular vote. But it's not that way with the president. For the president, it's not the popular vote. In fact, if it was, then in 2016, Donald Trump would have lost. Yep. Because a majority of Americans actually voted for Hillary Clinton, and yet she lost. And why? Well, it's because of the Electoral College. In fact, I remember everyone was predicting Hillary's going to win, Hillary's going to win. And then when it came out that she lost, a lot of her supporters were just beside themselves. I mean, she didn't even come out and give a, give a, cause you usually give like a concession speech. Oh, that's like, right. She like pouted cause like she, everybody thought she was going to win. Everybody. And her supporters were so confused. Wait a minute. We were trying to get as many people as possible to vote for Hillary, and now you're telling me she lost even though she won? How does that make any sense? And the answer is the Electoral College. So, Brittany, what is this unique thing called the Electoral College? Yeah, well, before I dive right into it, first of all, it's very confusing. That is what it is. And it took me a long time to figure it out. In fact, every college professor that tried to teach me, I had no idea what they were talking about. That and (laughs) Parliament are the most confusing things in the world to me. But it's not that bad. But one thing I do want to say is that it's very controversial. And there's a lot of times, I think it was 1816 and and 1969, where there was actually a lot of push from both parties to just get rid of it because people were so mad about it. But let's get into what it is first. So the Electoral College is a group of delegates. And that means representatives. 
representatives. So just like you have a congressperson or and a senator who represent you, it's like a delegate who represents the area where you live. And they're picked from each state. And when each voter in each state casts their vote, what they're actually doing is kind of sending information to the delegates saying, all right, this is who you should vote for because this is where our state stands. And since the delegates represent their constituents, which is just another word for voter, they typically follow the popular vote. I think they can go against it in, in rare circumstances, but they don't. Typically, they go with what that popular vote is. And as Connor said, in 2016, everybody was shocked because the popular vote was not the same as the Electoral College. And, and so, so yeah. And so, you know, if we get back to discussing how this Electoral College works, what it does with this information, you know, just like every state has a different number of people in Congress based on its population, right? So California may have a ton, whereas Idaho has hardly any. Well, yeah. that's because there's way more people. The, the, the House of Representatives is based on population. And so larger states are going to have a larger delegation, in other words, a larger number of people in Congress from their state, whereas tiny states are going to have very few. And so the founding fathers set up uh, Congress that way. It's called a bicameral legislature. Bicameral means like two parts. We might and have so, to do a whole episode on that because I don't think we have yet. That's true. So, so the short version is the House of Representatives is one part of Congress, and the other part is the Senate. And, you know, in some states and some countries in their parliament or their Congress, their legislative branch, they have a unicameral legislature. There's a, a couple states that actually have this. They don't have a House and a Senate. They just have, you know, an assembly or a House or whatever they call it. They just have one. But in, in America, most states and certainly Congress itself, they have two, the House and the Senate. So the House is based on population. But the Senate is different. And the Senate is kind of like the Electoral College we're talking about. Because the, um, well, I guess not quite. Actually, the, the, the Electoral College is more like the House because the larger yes. number of population you have, the more uh, House members, representatives, or the larger number of delegates to the Electoral College. The Senate is different in that every state gets two senators no matter how big or small you are and so but the electoral college is weird because you get the amount of delegates as the, you get the same amount as the congressional delegates plus two right for the senators so it's kind of like a hybrid it is it is kind of a mix and that's where i think people start to get confused but yep. the the point is that in the electoral college the the bigger your state is the more um the more delegates the more votes you'll have but what that means is that you know, you could have like, let's say the population of California is extremely high. And let's say, just imagine that 100% of them voted for Joe Biden. That would add up to a lot of votes in terms of the total votes in America. However, they're limited in their actual votes for Joe Biden yep. because, you know, no matter whether 10 million people in California voted for Joe Biden or 1 million, as long as they're the majority, then California's delegates in the electoral college will vote for joe biden so let's say i don't have the uh the number pulled up right now but like let's use texas i think texas is like 38 mm -hmm. and a state like vermont is like three so in texas you could have again 10 million people voted for trump or 1 million it doesn't matter the number as long as the majority of people in texas voted for trump then trump is you know gets the 38 all of them. yeah <laughs> right it's kind of a winner take all but what that means is all you have to do in each state is get the majority. So, Brittany, 
to your knowledge, like why set this up this way? Why did the founders want to create this like different representative system? Why not just let the president be decided by the popular vote? You've actually stumped me. This is something I don't know. I, I, I've been kind of one of those too because we are the only country that uses this. If you look at mm-hmm. any other country, no one else does this. They all do popular vote. Now, I am inclined to believe that the founders had a really good reason for doing most of what they did. Obviously, they were flawed. They didn't have everything right. So I don't know the answer to that, but I have to imagine that there's some good reason for it. There's at least arguments, you know, as to why it's good. And and what the found so what the founding fathers were really trying to do in a lot of what they did is to reduce power. They, they wanted ah. to decentralize power. And they also didn't like democracy, which is really funny because everyone today is always about, oh, our democracy is so great. We have to protect democracy. We have to spread democracy. Our democracy is being threatened. And like the word democracy literally does not appear in the Constitution. In fact, the founding fathers almost universally hated the idea of democracy. They understood because they were much more well-read than most people today. They understood looking at Greece and Rome and, you know, the Bible even, like all these sources of governments and history, they understood that democracy was literally just tyranny. It was the tyranny of the majority. And so think of the electoral college that way, right? If you are um, in the minority in America um, and the majority wants something else, then you would always be like the whole country would be decided by by who's going to become president. The president, as we've talked about before, has become very powerful, unfortunately. And I think that's a that's a bad thing. That's not what the founding fathers envisioned. But the president has become so powerful. And so if a majority of people in America wanted, let's just use Joe Biden as an example, and you want Donald Trump or you want someone who supports limited government or whatever, you would never be able to win. You would always be governed by a president who was supported by the majority of the country. And so this was just the Electoral College was another one of the ways to kind of interrupt power, to, to break up democracy, to allow for different states to kind of have different um, like weights, I guess you can call it, um, different size of influence so that, you know, if, if, because people kind of cluster, right? You look in California, very liberal state. You look at, you know, New Jersey, New York, very liberal state. Texas, at, big, a red state. Right. Or Utah, where Utah, I'm at. Right? Yep. And so a lot of people will cluster together. People like to live near other people who share their same values. And so inevitably, you get a lot of these states where there's kind of majority Republican here, majority um, Democrat there. And if the Republican states, now now here's the the one of the arguments I've, heard that's the most compelling that the founding fathers were interested in electoral college. Think of it from their vantage point. They're creating an entirely new country, right? And they're creating, and what is this country? It is a a union of states, different states with different backgrounds. Think of the colonies, right? Some were very religious, different religions, you know, Quakers, Protestants. A lot of them didn't like one another. You had slave owners versus non-slave owners. Like there was a lot of differences between the colonists. But they all had in common kind of this desire for freedom and, you know, wanting to kind of live and let live in this new territory and and build their own life. So they had a lot in common. So they unified together against Britain. They won and they have this opportunity to create a new country. They create a constitution. We, We know all these things. What's the point? The point is that this was a very fragile experiment, right? There was no guarantee that this country would survive. They're trying to unify all of these different colonies or or states. Now, 
if you're trying to create a process where the person in charge of the entire federal government, the, the brand new federal government, gets to kind of rule over everyone and, and be picked by the majority, then you run the risk that the states that, that don't like that guy would leave. So let, let's, let's share uh, an example. We've talked a few episodes back about like the, the Federalist Party. Mm-hmm. Right. And the the Democratic Republicans, these were kind of the early political parties. Uh, this is not actual history. These numbers don't work. But just to use an example, imagine that you're Thomas Jefferson and you have the, the Democrat Republican uh, Party. And there are two states in the union that are very like minded. The people there, the local, you know, uh, legislatures are, are mostly members of your party. People who believe like you have all moved there. So let's say there's two out of the you know 13 plus states that we're forming um that are democrat republican and all the other states are pro federalist okay so if you're the two states that are democratic republican and you are always going to be ruled by a federalist president who's going to veto what you like he's going to campaign against you he's going to pass executive orders that you hate right then as a state that's very different of opinion, you might start to think, ah, like, maybe this union thing isn't for us. Mm-hmm. If, if you as a state don't really have a say, like if you're, if you're, if your people, you know, don't really have a say because the majority of everyone else believes differently. So I kind of feel like that's one of the stronger arguments where there's this, this unity of different states that are like-minded. And if we don't create a way to kind of level the playing field, but like in Congress, we have it because the states all have equal representation in the Senate. Obviously, there's a big difference in the House, but the Senate is where the states kind of have that level playing field, right? And so in terms of the president, picking the president, I feel like the the ultimate idea was creating a similar process where the states could have a little bit more, um, I'll use the word fairness, right, Hmm. between them, so that different states wouldn't be incentivized to be like, "Ah, we're going to forever be ruled by a president from the other party you know, I'm going to take my ball and go home. Let's go find something else. Let's start our own country. And so that's at least one of the arguments why giving the states more influence rather than just letting it be all Americans voting together as the popular vote, that's kind of a a reason, I think, to have the Electoral College. That's interesting. I I actually did not know that at all. So I I learned a bit of history today. And I believe it's how many, so a candidate to win has to get 270 Electoral College votes, I think? Yep. Okay, so yep. it's still not it's still not a majority either. It's just that's just the magical number, right? Um, well, that is uh, that's a good question. That is the fifty uh, percent plus one. So it is ah, the majority okay. of total delegates. So you still kind of have that like majority vote, but by by capping certain states, like sorry liberals, if you all moved to California, no matter how many of you voted for Joe Biden, your state is like if if liberals were smart just to use them as an example <laughs> they would spread out right the way to make sure that your guy is president is to go you know move into all the different states and and have influence there but if they all cluster together you know then they're not going to have any more power for the president because no matter how many liberals in in California vote for Joe Biden it's still just that same number of of votes that California gets yeah, that's exactly right. And it's uh, it's going to be, well, you guys already know what happened, I guess. I'm just I'm just sitting here thinking about like, wow, tonight's going to be rough. But you guys already know what happened. We'll fast forward and, and soon enough we'll find out. So Brittany and I have to be patient. You guys all know. And I'm sure we'll be doing episodes on what life looks like in, uh, in the months and years ahead with the kind of government we're going to be living under. 
Yikes. Um, you know, in a future episode, we should probably talk about how local elections are far yes. more important. What's really interesting is that everyone's attention has been on the, the race for president. But, you know, even though the president does have a lot of power and way more than he should, uh, he or she should, um, you know, local races have way more power over our lives, way, way, way more power. And yet hardly anyone pays attention to them. So we should talk about that on a future, future episode. There's a lot of insights to be had there on focusing on and even helping uh, local elections. So we'll talk about that next time. For now, make sure you guys are subscribed. We appreciate you listening. And until next time, Brittany, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.